today in Monster Fucking the Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. We're almost halfway done these books. and Well, no, wait, we're over halfway done. We're almost done. Over halfway done is what I like to tell myself. <laughs> um, uh, let's get into who we are. Just like hit the ground running. Go real fast. No tangents today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> impossible. None. I am Sophie, and my randomly generated YA title for today is <laughs> The Nation of Empires and Snapchat. <laughs> what? I just like a nation of empires. Yeah, what? <laughs> what? It's like, what does that even mean? That, what is that? That makes no sense. I feel like an empire of nations would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, at least Snapchat's there, which I su- suspect is like the app that me, a person too old to figure out TikTok, uses <laughs> in l- lieu of TikTok. <laughs> you two are the only two I really send Snapchats uh, to. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> we have such like an incestuous online relationship. Yeah, we, we only really talk do. to each other. <laughs> we have like 18 different chats. <laughs> It's fine. I don't talk to anybody I'm friends with in real life, just on the internet. Just on the internet. And then I talk to them seven different ways. (laughs) Accurate. Well, you, my two friends that I talk to too much, who are you guys? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sam. And my randomly generated YA title of today is Just for Hannah, a class of fear and Formula One. Yay! Well, yeah, anxiety and Formula One are the two things I think about most. Wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> amazing. Not to spoil anything, but I'm tying Formula One in to later <gasps> parts of this episode just for Hannah. Oh, oh my God. Can we fast forward to that part? Nope. <laughs> okay. Damn it. Tell us your name first, Hannah. <laughs> uh, hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Impatient, and my name is Hannah, and my YA title for today is The Architecture of Acrobats and Vlogging. But can we go back to talking about Formula One for a bit instead? No, tell me more about the vlogging. And the acrobats. Uh, I feel like acrobats and vlogging is like something that would happen at a circus school. Yeah. 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 And the architecture part is just a sound fancy? I guess. Probs, yeah. Sound architecture. Yeah. Or for good acrobatting. Mm. Is that a verb? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If you are acrobatting, Mm -hmm. then you're an acrobatter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk (laughs) about Twilight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we only had one chapter of each. It was so great, even though both were so long, though. So long. So long. A thousand years long. But yeah, tell us uh, about those, you guys. Well, I guess I'll start off with uh, Twilight. So we're on chapter 13, uh, Confessions. I think Midnight Sun's the same name, except it's chapter Mm -hmm. 17. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to summarize this chapter besides it's the infamous meadow scene. Edward sparkles. Bella's horny. Edward throws a bit of a temper tantrum. The stupid lamb falls in love with the masochistic lion. (laughs) You know, normal teen vampire stuff. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, 
despite the fact that this chapter of Midnight Sun was 39 pages long. Oh my god. Uh, not much happened that we didn't see in Twilight. It just happened longer. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a brief flashback to when Edward returned to Carlisle and Esme after his stint off the wagon. But otherwise, it covered the same ground as the Twilight chapter, just with that classic Edward twist. Meaning it was aggressively dramatic, somehow both self-aggrandizing and self-effacing, and totally over the top in his declaration of love for Bella. But at least he does finally let himself imagine drinking Bella to completion and admits that his separation of his vampirism as a monster is a bad coping mechanism. I'm so That's sorry, all. I couldn't help but <laughs> I wrote in my I wrote in my notes, read that last part, uh Men will literally become vampires and suffer for a hundred years instead of going to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted to make sure that went in somewhere. Yeah, accurate. Uh Yeah, that's the meme of this episode for sure. So, yeah, the meadow scene, eh? I mean, like as just a scene and like writing wise, it's like a good scene. I don't know. It's it's not. It didn't make me cringe and want to die and be angry at every single part of it the way several other scenes have gone it's just i don't know it's like fine it's a good scene there's a reason it's like the iconic meadow scene yeah yeah i know i was getting mad at myself because i was like oh i'm kind of liking this and i was like no sam no Edward. <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh but it's really cute but then he would like say something really infuriating then I'd be like oh he ruined it and then yeah the last little bit of banter like while they're like at the truck that was really freaking cute and then i'm just upset with myself because <laughs> so that's where i'm at disappointed with myself yeah yeah <laughs> i guess neither of us mentioned in our summaries that they do kiss each other that's oh, kind yeah. of important huh <laughs> i forgot I, uh... <laughs> I, yeah. they do kiss each other at the end there they, they do. do kiss each other at the end there Edward carries Bella through the woods so that they don't have to hike several hours back to the truck. And then when she's still motion sick from being vampire whooshed through the woods, he kisses her and then she has to sit down. Yeah. I mean, fair. (laughs) Yeah, reasonable, I would say. Okay. Uh I know we historically hate the Midnight Sun chapter more than other ones. Yeah. And Uh I've been burned before (laughs) by a Midnight Sun chapter making me hope for the future. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, like, this chapter has, like, actual progression in Edward, like, confronting all this stuff that he's been, like, vacillating over throughout every other chapter. Being like, oh, but what if I kill her? Oh, but I want to be close to her. Oh, but what if I kill her? Uh, uh, uh. And at least he confronts it here in the quote-unquote the knot that Alice was <laughs> referring to. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, gets over it and is kind of like, ah, Everything will be easy from now on. And I was kind of like, yes, good character development. (laughs) We've made it. We did it. Good job, Edward. For all of like how infuriating the rest of the chapters we've read have been. I'm like, (laughs) wow, look at us. We got somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) We had growth. Yeah. Even though we're a hundred year old, 17 year old. (laughs) exactly yeah over 300 pages into the book and edward has finally had a character growth moment but it was really nice like i i noticed that too i was like oh edward like finally 
is starting to come around to the idea that he can be in love with a human and not self-flagellate over it every hour of every day. And, like, the progression felt like it didn't feel crowbarred into this very short amount of time. It kind of made me feel like everything that had come before that was obnoxious. I'm like, oh, well, like, it led to this point where he got, like, frustrated with everything that was happening up till this point and then was forced to like deal with it (laughs) yeah and then suddenly just like realized all these things about himself about how like calling his monster inside a thing is a a bad coping mechanism and he should stop like like there's just three or four things that's like oh these were all terrible things up till now but now he's solved it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's nice that he has kind of the moment of clarity I do like that it came after, um, at the beginning of the chapter, he talks about how he's finally gotten what he wanted and, like, Bella is kind of scared of him and is looking at him like he's a monster. He's like, I got what I wanted and I hate it. It's like, okay, no. Now you are a 17-year-old. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can relate to this, but also like, oh my god, Edward. <laughs> It was a time. Mm -hmm. In that moment, did anyone... I just, like, couldn't get past it. He's, like, describing how Bella's, like, blood and heart and everything. Oh, God, it was so gross. There's, like, multiple points where he talks about it, especially, like, at the end where he's, like, trying to make it not affect him or whatever. But right at the Uh beginning, it's, like, you can tell that Stephanie Meyer just, like, had to use a lot of different words to describe (laughs) the exact same thing in, like, four sentences. And they were all fine up until we got to sloshing. Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, her blood sloshing in her veins. And I was like, Yeah. Like, blood, don't do that. Don't (laughs) Don't, slosh. That's not how that works. That's not how it works. She's not a cricket. She doesn't have an open circulatory system. Yeah. She's not just, like, a bag full of blood. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, it's so gross. It It was so gross. Such a bad visual that I did not need in my head. Like, no. Ugh. Yeah, because I feel like so many vampire books try and make it, like, enticing. Yeah. Which, like, I guess this one kind of tries to do, but it's also just, like, why are you (laughs) describing it so disgusting? (laughs) Like, I feel like that was the goal. Yeah, I feel like... to make it gross. I feel like she's trying to, like, go against the norms. And honestly, now that I've just said that, I also feel like Herb having the vampire bite in her series be the thing that is, like, deadly also kind of takes away from the sexuality that usually comes with vampire biting and like sexiness in those books, you know? Because like you said, it's usually like, yeah, drinking blood, it's it's really sexualized in at least older vampire books. And now I'm wondering if Stephanie Meyer did that on purpose to take away from the sexiness of actually drinking the blood. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because like the whole like mouth venom thing is like, well, they really can't just like make out <laughs> so yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah okay does anyone else every time edward's like the venom filled his mouth just like imagine yeah. like an explosion of like yeah. liquid in his mouth <laughs> like biting into a gusher yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm assuming it co-ops the same pathways that like your mouth waters 
Which yeah, like, like salivary thing. Yeah, but that's not like a mouthful of saliva. It's like <laughs> it's just like a little like it's just like your yeah. mouth is wetter than normal. But the way she describes it is like quite literally his mouth fills with venom. So like if he opened his mouth at that moment, it would just be like <laughs> 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 yeah. So Yeah. Oh, I'm I have two questions. Okay, yeah. I'm going to pose both questions and then okay. see which one we get. The first is, if the venom is like welling up in his mouth, similar to salivating, which is how she describes it, does it count as venom? Because venom is an injected oh. toxin. Oh. And then the other one, if they start making out, and then Edward, like, smells Bella and gets a bunch of venom in his mouth and she swallows it. What happens? Well, okay, wait. Yo, no. Okay, I just realized this because isn't it? That's how, like, Edward impregnates Bella. Like, every fluid that's in the vampire. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Sorry. But what I mean, what I mean, my tangent from that is that, right. like, every fluid in Twilight Vampires is considered venom. Like, every fluid. Yeah. Right? I thought it was all of the fluids just are the same. Yeah. Like it's all venom, no matter what its purpose is. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's to the sense if she's kissing him, because he's not dry. Oh. Anyways. (laughs) 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 That was just a really unpleasant thing to imagine. Think about it. Ew. Yeah, anyways. So she's (laughs) swallowing. Ah, I can't! (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Yep. Do you think if you had like a stomach ulcer and you made out with a vampire, it would turn you into a vampire? This is a legitimate question. <laughs> or like if you bit your tongue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does like I hate it. Um <laughs> Nope, this is a huge plot hole, guys. What if she has a canker sore? Or like Yeah. What if like Or like what if she was eating chips and she got like a piece of chips stuck in her gum? Like what if like what if there's like yeah something there's some sort of internal like there's some small little nick and that venom gets in and the way that Stephanie Vire wow Meyer <laughs> describes it is like basically like any little bit of venom is enough to like kapow by your vampire yeah <laughs> anyway yeah the fact that. He's just like, there's no venom most of the time. And then, like, it's, it's his mouth's just, like, dry. That is literally <laughs> the visual that I had to stop talking because <laughs> yeah. I was, like, trying. I was literally imagining kissing someone. No. I can't. Dry mouth, and I don't want to. You know what? Here's the thing. We're never going to yeah. solve uh-huh. this question no. because we don't want to think about it. So, no. moving on. <laughs> but, yeah, it can't be, I guess, it's a toxin. Not a venom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Okay. Uh, different things. What else? <laughs> what else happened in this? Okay. The most important question yeah. about Twilight that no one right. has ever been able to solve or explain. I think we are the women for the job. Okay. Why do these vampires sparkle? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, yeah. The big question. Oh, boy. Like, I was trying to think of reasons why that would make sense or, like, matter, and I have a blank at the moment. The only thing I can really kind of think of is that it has to do with that whole prey attractiveness thing. And so it's like, if they're trying to attract someone, I guess sparkling 
would make them more attractive. Like I know my mom would find that more attractive. She fucking loves bling. <laughs> I guess I did say that specifically because I know she listens. <laughs> Hi, Sam's mom. <laughs> Sorry, we're calling you out on our podcast. <laughs> but like literally, that's what my th- my head thought of when I was reading it because I was like, oh, my mom loves sparkles. So I'm like, yeah, if a vampire was sparkling and like everything else about that, like the smell. What else is, what other sense do we have? They're like so sexy. They're just so sexy. So, so it's like, sexy. if that was my only logical thing I could really think of was that it was some sort of predator mm-hmm. advantage. Okay. Well, here, this here alternative <laughs> okay. suggestion. The sparkling isn't like, so selection, although you can't have selection yeah when they can't reproduce yeah barring that (laughs) let's pretend there is selection there could be pressure against individual survival right yeah yeah so yeah like if we think if we think of the reproduction as like who they turn and the Mm -hmm. the traits that the turned vampire then has yeah Mm. higher selection for that anyway we're getting into that not that but what if the selection (laughs) pressure was for the like very hard skin and mm-hmm. bones and everything mm-hmm. and the sparkling was a side effect but since they're nocturnal there wasn't selective mm. pressure to avoid it so it do- oh. so they just sparkle but it doesn't really matter that's a very right? good hypothesis right Interesting. right because like you can get these weird like when there's selective pressure for one thing but like a second thing goes hand in hand with it yeah yeah. That doesn't negatively affect their reproductive rate. It can kind of just get carried along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That makes sense. I would buy that. So do you think the vampirization process is like literally petrifying in the same way that if you get like petrified wood, these like soft parts have been replaced with mineral and it's Ooh. the skin has been replaced by, I don't know. Some kind of like diamond, or it wouldn't be opal. Opal's too soft, but like some kind of hard, sparkly mineral. Yeah, I mean, like, like there are animals that lay down metals. Mm-hmm. Like you get like shrews have like iron teeth or something because mm-hmm. they just lay down iron, and then you get like deep sea worms that have nickel in their jaws. I think. Right. So maybe, yeah metal or a mineral like it's just a like i'm just saying it's like a mineralization yeah Yeah. even if we don't know the exact mechanism or why i have Mm. a fun game we can play oh Oh, okay so i have before me a mineral identification (laughs) key oh Oh my gosh okay so so i'm gonna read out it's not very long i went through the whole thing okay um and we're just gonna by the properties that have been listed in this book, we're going to okay. identify the <laughs> mineral that Edward's skin is made out of. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. So just, I've written down all the like descriptors of Edward's glowiness as I labeled the table. So I'm just going to read them out real quick to you. Okay. Um, so we've got sparkled, diamonds embedded, incandescent, scintillating, glistening, Marble Ugh. crystal, shimmering, satin smooth, <laughs> glitter, facets, 
Marble again, iridescent again, uh, and then refracting prism like, and rainbow sparkles, which is also prism. I think okay. is the yeah. So those are the descriptors we have of what this skin looks like. Okay. okay. So the first step we have to choose is the luster of the mineral mm. and you either have metallic Hi, all the way <laughs> yeah you either have metallic submetallic or non-metallic and i'm just putting us in non-metallic yeah, yeah. already yeah because yeah. it's not a metal no so we have oh my god what if he was just covered in aluminum foil <laughs> right <laughs> he just crinkles uh the very first one is adamantine which is having the hard sparkly look of a diamond mm. resinous which looks like amber it's kind of like not glassy it's like dullish vitreous which is glassy and then the other ones don't matter i figured vitreous or adamantine were the closest ones in this first step it's got to be adamantine right yeah that was my vibe. yeah that's specifically sparkly sure okay so we're okay. going with adamantine okay yeah so we got non-metallic does the mineral have a definitely colored streak? I.e., does it leave a colored powder streak? <laughs> I'm gonna guess no. I'm also gonna guess no. Yeah, probably not. Okay, so that would be too conspicuous. Yeah. Next question: Can the mineral be scratched by a fingernail? No. 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 Can the mineral be scratched by a copper penny? No. I don't think so. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Can the mineral be scratched by a knife? No. I feel I like the mineral can't so. be scratched by anything. Yeah. yeah. Maybe another mineral. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a diamond. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's the next question. Can the mineral be scratched by a sharp quartz point? This is the one I'm not 100% sure about. Mm. I don't but I think feel so. Like, no. Yeah. I don't think right? so. Like, I think the only thing that can injure a vampire is like another vampire. I, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's. Or a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say also no. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay. Now nobody's allowed to laugh oh no Uh oh <clears throat> does the mineral have a prominent cleavage <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a child <laughs> i also mm. laugh to describe yes. what cleavage is in terms of a mineral identification <laughs> cleavage refers to the way some minerals break along certain lines of weakness in their structure like an example is mica right breaks yeah. along those sheets mm. So I feel like you could go either way with this for the vampires, though. Right? So I figured we could open both Okay. answers to this, because this is the last question. Okay. Okay. And then it gives us a list, and on the list, I'm going to go with which rocks are described as having a white color. Okay. <laughs> yes. He's white. Yeah. Very white. he's white. <laughs> so white. white. And Even whiter than Bella. Even whiter than to this Bella. chapter. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, we're going to go with the ones that only have the adamantine luster, which I think there are only like mm -hmm. two that give us these options. Okay. Okay. So of the ones that have prominent cleavage, <laughs> the only adamantine option is diamond. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's one. I just didn't know diamond had a specific cleavage pattern. That's interesting. I think that's why you can get it like cut. Faceted. As a gemstone, yeah, faceted huh. so nicely. Cool. Uh, yeah, the other one in the other list. So we either have zircon, mm. 
which mm. I think is a dupe for that's fake diamond. Yeah, diamond. yeah, it is. And then the only other one is Cassiterite. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard of that. Me neither. Let's look it up. I didn't have um, an end to this segment, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it looks How cool. Do you spell that. Oh, that's too black. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it says, yeah, so of these three. It's a tin ore. Yeah, Cassiterite says more rarely it is white or colorless. Yeah. Zircon comes in pretty much any color. Yeah. Any white. So could be that. And diamond is diamond colored. Yes. Oh, Wikipedia says Cassiterite is brittle. I don't think vampires Ooh, are brittle. Oh, no. Interesting. I mean, I feel like this just confirms that it's diamond, diamond is the most accurate <laughs> comparison. Yeah. yeah. Diamond or zircon. Uh, or I will zircon. just I will just describe the cleavage pattern of diamond, okay. which is okay. four directions. Perfect in all four directions. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. that's definitely a vampire. Yep. <laughs> so after all of that, we have come to the conclusion <laughs> that it is, in fact, diamond. <laughs> all right. But we did it scientifically. We used science. We scienced the hell out of it. We don't need to be turned into a vampire to do this science. We can do it ourselves. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we did that. We done did it. <laughs> Yeah, I was really hoping it would be something else because a lot of these other ones are described as prismatic. And I was like, but that was in the book. Come on. Yeah. But they, they don't, they aren't the adamantine. So it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's got to be the adamantine. Got to be the adamantine. Anyway, um, I had a lot of tabs open for that. Uh, let me just close them. <laughs> <laughs> well, diamonds are super strong. We know yeah. this. And Edward is so fucking strong, apparently. Yeah. He has this like whole tantrum where he tantrum <laughs> where he demonstrates <laughs> how strong he is. And in Midnight Sun, he even puts numbers to it, which I was going to do math with, but I'm not smart enough to know the kind of math that I need to do. But he rips an 863 pound spruce limb off of a tree and throws it, quote, across the clearing. 30 feet up, hard enough to crack another tree in half, and says that is a tiny fraction of his available strength. Can That's... he, like, punch a hole through the earth? <laughs> um... <laughs> I wasn't like... expecting that. <laughs> I mean... Like, I wish I, I wish I knew how to do this calculation to find out how strong or how much force you have to apply to throw an 863-pound piece of spruce hard enough to crack a hemlock tree in half from a minimum 30-foot distance. Edward's going to punch the moon out of the sky. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can vampires okay, survive mm. space? Oh, they don't need to breathe. I don't see why not. They also Whoa. don't have to worry about Compression. Oh my god. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, but no. Okay. Wait. Everyone calm down. Yeah. They can't like go anywhere. <laughs> they could survive floating in space. They can't yeah. move. Nobody like no. they would need like a jetpack or a spaceship. Yeah. But are anyway. they like tardigrades? They can survive the vacuum of space. 
You know they. You know how NASA does that thing where they have to make sure to clean all the vampires off of their yeah exactly <laughs> probes before they send uh-huh. them to space so that they don't contaminate. Yeah, well, and it's planets. hard because they use uh, those security cameras, and we all know vampires don't show up in cameras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except, do toilet vampires show up in cameras? I don't think that's come up. I think they do. They don't do. they? They take a picture. Yeah, yeah. they do. Ooh. That would have been, Ooh. I would argue. A very difficult thing to convince me of. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're just like, you know, vibrating at a weird frequency where they just cease to exist for <laughs> And they just cameras. don't refract light properly or something. Or, yeah. 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 I mean, if we've learned anything, it's that they refract all the light. All the light. <laughs> yes. Lots of light. In every direction. I wonder if they have their own albedo effect. Oh, I bet they do. Yeah. Just- so they, they cause <laughs> snow to melt around them. <laughs> just imagine a field of vampires, like, all together. <laughs> oh, jeez. Just, like, frying a small anthill just next to it. So rude. That's, I mean, that's how Edward cooks breakfast for Bella when they go camping together. He just uh, <laughs> angles himself on an egg. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we could just we could just start a fire. No, no, <laughs> no. I need to use my horrific, awful, terrible monster vampire powers to hard boil an egg for you. I must provide for you <laughs> oh, yes. my glittery skin. <laughs> the skin of a monster. The skin of a monster. <laughs> because, as we all know, no woman likes diamonds. No, no, impossible. No, no, it's never. I just like. <sighs> The, okay, the part where Edward, like, murders people to eat their blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. that is, like, a thing that you should be like, this person will be scared of me. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. thing where you glitter, <laughs> I d- yeah. like, I don't think that would, that would maybe take me five minutes to come to terms with. Like, I'd be like, this yep. person glitters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you've already accepted that they are a vampire who does not eat people but eats animals instead the fact that your skin is weird is like not yeah the biggest deal yeah like i yeah. feel like we've all come to terms with people dyeing their hair to a different color so like we could probably come to terms <laughs> with people glittering yeah i mean i wear highlighters i'm wearing sparkly eyeshadow as we speak yes <laughs> like, yeah and i mean Edward would have been around during the 90s when, like, body glitter was at its peak. Oh, man. Vampires must have loved the 90s. Wow. Do you think vampires Whoa. were, like, day hunters in the 90s? Oh, wow. Do you think vampires originated that 90s trend? Like, I bet some super hot vampire was like, fuck it. I'm going to go be a movie star. Yeah. And then wow. got caught glittering. And then that, like, trickle down trended until nine-year-old me with no social skills had a bottle of blue glitter body gel <laughs> yeah because that's what you did yeah <laughs> that's what you did in the 90s yeah yep. <laughs> that's interesting i support that hypothesis yeah while that trend was a thing there were the- there-, there were zero reveals of vampires during those years <laughs> <laughs> yep. and ever since then you know vampires could probably just be like oh sorry i'm i really was into body glitter in the 90s and now yeah i just wear it as someone who lived with someone who did a glitter beard i can (laughs) guarantee you that glitter stays uh, like forever i still find glitter to this day and i have not lived with that person in 
five years. <laughs> Glitter never goes away. Never. Ever. Both in the jokey sense, but also in the sense that it's microplastic and you should probably not use glitter if you can avoid it. Truth. Yeah. The only sustainable kind of glitter is vampire glitter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think- and it's not because I bet they don't really degrade. Prob- that no, great. probably not. Yeah. Are vampires made of plastic? What- no, we established that they're made of diamond. What if you burn a vampire? Can you like re... This is really morbid. I don't want to finish that sentence. What <laughs> if they're diamond? I was thinking the Volturi must start like turning this into a money-making thing and instead of burning their vampire enemies they just grind them up into glitter and sell it to uh environmentalists but like us. that's what i'm wondering is like if you burned a vampire and the, you take the ash and you pressurize it like you would carbon like for to get a diamond would you just not do you just get a squished vampire do you just not get a vampire <laughs> diamond wait are artificial diamonds made of vampires i mean wait does that mean but then Vampires are made of zircon. <laughs> oh. Wait. Because that's what artificial diamonds are. Oh. You can, like, make actual carbon diamonds in a lab now, can't you? I think so. Because I had a friend message me if I... Because he's, I guess, looking to buy um, for his girlfriend. And he was like, would you prefer an artificial or real? And I was like, well, artificial because the carbon impact is probably less. So I'm pretty sure you <laughs> Also, can. they're less likely to be mined by uh, small children. In that as well. That yeah. as well. Yep. Um, yeah, no, they're the same thing. I'm just saying I don't think it's entirely impossible that if a vampire was burned and you took those ashes and you did some magic-y science with it, you could reverse engineer a diamond from it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Do you think the ashes would just be glitter? That's what I was thinking. Like, maybe they just sell the body to a diamond oh. seller and be like, we made it. We made some it's glitter. diamonds. But yeah. does that mean their insides are also? Yeah, because we've had this discussion before, yeah. too, because that's the only way that their circulatory system can work without a beating heart. Yeah. So they're... <laughs> Hey, did you notice that Edward specifically comments on his lack of a circulatory system in this chapter? Because yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, but hold on. Uh-huh. Okay, but he says that, but then in the Twilight chapter, Bella specifically notes that he has yeah. blue veins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has blue veins and like a flush from a hunting? Yeah. 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 Page one, Bella's yeah. like, oh, and he had a flush from hunting. And I was like, um, excuse me? Um, he was like, excuse the f*** out of you. What do you mean? Um, but then also is the venom blue? I didn't think it was. I thought it was clear. I would have assumed it was clear. That's what- or is it like red? No, or, okay. Like, Okay. Why okay. does he have a flesh? Is it, does, does, do, do, do they drink blood and it just gets stored like in their head until it turns into venom? Sloshes. Yeah, that part doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I guess maybe the color... The coloring of the veins could just be like a camouflage thing. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. It could just be part of their like skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh... <laughs> I don't want to think about those parts. We solved it already, and we don't need to think about those parts. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, also related to that, Edward mentions that if he drinks specifically human blood, then he can feel full for weeks. And that also confused me. Because thought, if he drinks animal blood, he does not feel full. I thought he was saying Bella specifically. I don't remember. Oh, I thought it was just because you were having human blood. Oh. 
I don't know. I mean, that kind of like... It's unclear. It kind of fits in, though, with the whole theme of like, there's so few vampires in this universe that eat animals compared to humans. So it would make sense that a human makes you more full than an animal. But again, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, what's the difference difference between human blood and other mammalian blood? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this, so maybe... Yeah, we don't need to... We probably don't need to talk about it more, but I do still question this. Yeah, Yeah, because it would really only make sense if he was eating, like, rabbits, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, a human just physically has more blood. Yeah. Yeah, volume. But, like, a grizzly bear would have more blood than the average human. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could come down to... I mean, human blood is actually very different, right? Like each species' blood is yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty different from each other. Yeah, and yeah. so it could just come down to whatever the minute differences are yeah. in a human is what they actually need. True. Yeah. True. But I mean, we still don't know what they need blood for, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we mentioned the like Edward knowing the exact weight of the tree branch Mm -hmm. and then hucking it. Mm -hmm. I hate that. There's a couple other, there's well, one specific moment (laughs) where he just like nerds the hell out. (laughs) Which I want to start by saying that so glad to hear that Edward is a bird nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this like you. Yay. This specific part, it's like two, paragraphs and edward is like trying to distract himself from bella like touching him which sounds bad when i put it that way (laughs) she's like holding his hand or whatever i don't know and so he can avoid from venoming yeah from eating her i guess (laughs) so the first thing he does is he triangulates the exact location of all the birds he can hear and identifies the genus and species which Uh i'm just like it's in the word you can't triangulate unless you're at two different points you have you you can't just sit in one spot and triangulate (laughs) anyway then he analyzes a splash and guesses what fish displaced that amount of water then categorizes insects uh and then does starts doing some math about how many insects are in the meadow and therefore how many insects are in olympic national park which i did some math because he's like he gives how many insects he heard in the uh-huh. meadow and how big the meadow is. So he heard about 5,000 insects in the 11,000 square feet of the meadow. So if you math it out to the whole Olympic Park, he guesses, I'm assuming, there's about 17 billion insects. Oh, but I didn't account for the part where he's like, and if insect populations drop 1% for every 10 feet of elevation, because you can't find a topographic map of the Olympic National Park without spending $15. So I'm not doing it. <laughs> not worth it. Again, not doing um, it for our Twilight podcast. Nope. But yeah, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. No, my question. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things, like Edward calls a lot of what he does perfect recall. But do you Mm -hmm. think all of these things can be explained away by an eidetic memory or by like how many years he's had to learn things versus are vampires just like inherently smarter than humans? I feel like the, the bird thing is plausible. Like you spend enough time listening to birds. Like, yeah, okay, maybe the insect thing. Also, I don't know. 
maybe like but that's so precise like literally getting yeah like the exact mm-hmm. vibration of like a specific insect's leg like it's 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 still a far cry but like i would buy it in a vampire fantasy ya book like yeah okay sure the displacement and the fish thing though that one <laughs> i i i struggle with but i'm open to hearing ever their thoughts <laughs> Because I feel like with very good, like, he has, like, incredible, obviously, like, hearing capabilities. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, in theory, if you could hear, if you listened to a lot of splashes. True. Right, like, you might be able to be like, oh, it's probably, like, a lot of water or, like, not yeah. a lot of water. Right? And so yeah. you might be able to be like, it's a carp because there's only carp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, he true. makes it sound impressive, but it was just like, I know that because of whatever like invasive species there's a 90 percent chance that yeah. any given fish is a carp true, true. <laughs> right like it's the same with the birds like any given location mm-hmm. you're like you're gonna hear uh, out of 100 birds yeah. you're gonna hear 89 black cat chickadees <laughs> like, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because he said he was doing this math while also <sighs> concurrently running through like songs that he hadn't oh heard a lot in yeah. his life songs he had only heard once like yeah. shut up <laughs> so like fine you can remember a song because you have an eidetic memory sure mm-hmm. but like can you do like can a person do this kind of math and the thinking of this music and you know like all this stuff kind of at the same time i don't know i mean i can't yeah so i've had this conversation with a friend before and just like Basically, it's impossible for the human brain to multitask. So even when you think you're multitasking, you're just shifting your brain thoughts like really fast. So it's like when you're watching a movie and, or like trying to write something or whatever, you think you're mo- focusing on both, but your brain is actually like shifting really quick between the two. And some people are able to do that better than other, but you can't truly focus on two things. And like whether or not that's true or not is obviously highly debated, but that was her take on it. And I'd never heard that take on it before. And I think it it is true because there's like some things I can do that with, but there's other things where it's like if there's a movie on in the background, like I can't like when I'm coding, I need like orchestral music and that's the only thing that will work. So yeah, I don't know, but that's my two cents into it. I mean, I would be inclined to believe for the sake of these vampires that they just have the capability to focus on multiple things at once because that's part of what would make them such an efficient hunter of people. Yeah. But like, I don't know. The way it was displayed in this chapter made me roll my eyes so hard that I got a headache. Yeah. I think it, yeah. it fits with like the whole fact that like vampires are the superior species. So it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. humans, I don't think that multitasking to that extent is probably impossible. Yes. It is impossible. Sorry, not probably. But, like, if you turned into a vampire, I guess Sophie's original question, does it just, are they just smarter? I think, yes. Like, their brains are probably Mm -hmm. working at a faster speed and just able to handle more. And to Hannah's point, that's what makes them a better predator. Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of all three things that you posited there, Sophie. Yeah. Okay. Or at least that's what I was assuming. Yeah. Yeah, I... Because I, I felt like the what we were given kind of, like, was right on the edge of, like, okay, this could just be, like, a very smart human brain. Yeah. Or we're kind mm-hmm. of passing into their, like, more computer. 
in their brains than humans yeah are. i would go with that one yeah okay yeah 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 i would say there's definitely some supernatural activity yeah at work with that one man that was some good vampire science talk there's a lot of good vampire science yeah. in this chapter. <laughs> do we want to do another vampire science? Yeah, always. I love okay, vampire always. science. Okay, well, it's not really vampire science. Okay. At the end of these chapters, Edward runs back to the car with Bella on his back. <laughs> <laughs> which I just, before we even get into it, I just want to say he calls her little coward, oh. which is way better than in the movies where he calls her spider monkey. Oh my God. Wait until you see my reaction on TikTok. No, no. <laughs> I feel like both of those are terrible. I personally like Little Coward way better. Oh my god, I hated it. <laughs> I would be so mad if someone called me that. <laughs> I, yeah. I would leave if they called me Spider Monkey. <laughs> if my boyfriend called me either of those things, he would no longer yeah, be my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Spider Monkey would, I could be down with that because it's like kind of cute. But if yeah, someone but- was like, oh, you little coward, you don't want to do a <gasps> life uh, endangering activity with no preparation, I'd be like, yes, I am a coward. Like, go f*** yourself. <laughs> I'd be like, f*** you and roundhouse kick him. Here's the thing. I'm violent, though. There's been nothing before this in the same vein as Spider Monkey. Yes. I don't remember if the movie there is, but like, there nothing no, at no, all. No, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like It would have been out of place. Yeah. Like, I jokingly call people cowards all the time, <laughs> but... True. <laughs> um, Fair. And Edward has been, like, joking around. Yeah, because Edward makes jokes, apparently. Nothing in Midnight yeah. Sun would have led you to believe that Edward could make a joke, <laughs> but he's just making jokes all over the place. Jokes all over the place. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Got no, a little I, heated about that. I also went down there. But anyway, back <laughs> to the running thing. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so here are the facts that we have. Bella was holding her breath the whole time (laughs) or (laughs) doesn't breathe until the end. Mm Yeah. She gets very sick and needs to sit down and is dizzy. (laughs) Uh And Edward, as we have previously established, runs at 84 meters per second. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. So did I. At his absolute slowest. Okay, uh-huh. like this is abs- that was 15 minutes for a description of a few minutes, because if a few minutes was three minutes, he was traveling faster than the sound bar- breaking the sound barrier. <laughs> With Bella on his back? No, well, I'm assuming that's not what he was doing this time. But that yeah, was he must have had- gone slower. Yeah, that's what I have. Pr- we've previously established in another episode. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about G-Force. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at what point human beings lose consciousness <laughs> underneath the gravitational force of uh-huh, going uh-huh. very fast. So the first, like one of the higher, once you get into higher G-Force, your alveoli start collapsing mm-hmm. and you stop breathing. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly that is the part Bella's at. <laughs> once you reach like five to six G's is where an extended period of that, which is by extended, I mean over 30 seconds, Okay, you are going to start blacking out yeah. <laughs> because at that point, the blood stops flowing through your body and gets forced <laughs> into your legs and arms. And so it like leaves your brain and your eyes are affected first. So you can't see very well. And then you go unconscious. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. But at like slightly less than that, in theory, you're just going to get dizzy. 
Uh, and so I was looking up how fast Edward goes at 84 <laughs> meters per second. And that's about the speed that a race car goes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because that's like 300 to 350 kilometers per hour. Oh, man. And so race cars, such as ones perhaps in the Formula <laughs> One. Yeah. <laughs> Only some of them, though. Only some of Sorry. them. That was that's mean to uh, Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Just cutting in with a sick burn here. <laughs> but race cars at that speed go about four to five Gs. Yeah. So if that's how fast Edward is going. Like, if he had just turned it up, and that's the slowest we determined he would go. Oh, my God. If he turned it up like a hair, Bello could be dead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's got to he's gotta have, like, slowed down, right? He has to. Uh, he's got to. He's got to. Because, like, the Formula One drivers, they typically will experience, like, four to five or four to six Gs going around a corner. And they have to train extensively for that like if you've ever seen a formula one driver they all have the chonkiest necks because they have to be strong enough to hold their head in place while going around a corner at 60s they also have like special helmets and hands devices head and neck supporters to like keep them in place while doing like four to six g's around a corner damn and i assume that Bella does not have the next strength or uh, PPE of a Formula One driver. Nope. <laughs> so yeah. she dead. <laughs> she dead. It says the average human body can handle five Gs, but like this all depends on how long you're experiencing it. And right, and like she would have most... been prolonged. Yeah, because that's a couple minutes. And a lot of these are like, oh, yeah, like a fighter jet pilot experiences acceleration in 20 seconds. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) so less Mm -hmm. than that would be ideal. Yikes. Damn. She's going to kill her (laughs) by accident. Yeah, and he just like, at the end of it, he's just like, yeah, I didn't really realize she'd be affected like that. And it's like, you think? Which is, like, so against how he has been this entire time with literally paranoid about every little single thing that could kill Bella, yet doesn't think about the fact that, oh, maybe I shouldn't put her on my back and run at the speed of sound? Well, he always, like, forgets about basic human functions. Yeah. As if he hasn't been living amongst humans and, as we mentioned before, studying medicine Mm -hmm. for 100 years. Like, you'd think he'd remember things like g-forces and food mm-hmm. like I, he's such well a you know i mean space travel and fighter jets really only have existed for like barely half his life <laughs> barely that's true but formula one has existed for 70 years they had the 70th anniversary grand prix in 2020 in silverstone so he should know these so, things yeah it's so out of character for him in this chapter because yes! like 10 seconds ago he was being like let me calculate the trajectory of how hard I'm going to throw this branch exactly. and it's like you can't think about how fast you're running and that humans will die at that speed exactly <laughs> yeah no exactly that's so goofy i also like that in the same scene even he mentions that they need to be getting back partly because bella has some human functions to take care of and mm. i was because of who I am as a person, I immediately like reimagine the Twilight scene where they like 
have this like romantic thing in the meadow and like they almost kiss but they don't quite but they like see each other for real for the first time and Edward starts finally being comfortable being himself or in Bella and then she has to go like squat behind a tree and he can, like, <laughs> he can hear her peeing because he's a vampire and can hear everything oh my god <laughs> like, uh, this is why nothing romantic will ever happen to me wait this is a legit fear of mine though as like someone who likes going on hiking dates and who isn't afraid to pee in the forest but oh yeah i don't i've never had to do it on a date thankfully but <laughs> I've I've peed in the forest enough times, but I don't. Oh, the the sheer thought of my date hearing me pee. Thank right. You. Last summer, I was working out of province during COVID, and we had to work during our quarantine period. So we had to go to this airport and like get on a plane with no bathroom, and then f- fly from there. And we weren't allowed in the airport to use the bathroom before we got in the plane. So every single morning for four weeks, I peed on the lawn of an airport. (laughs) That seems like a hell of the devising specifically for Hannah. Yeah, seriously. It was pretty rough. No. Anyway, uh, I think about bodily functions a lot in these kinds of situations. And the fact that if someone had taken me for a hike for five hours and then we'd hung out in a meadow for at like bare minimum they were in the meadow for half an hour because that's how long they sit there in silence with Edward counting Bella's heartbeats before they even start like talking and bonding and all of that stuff. So if it's been, we'll say at least like four or five hours since they left Bella's place and then he's going to like jostle her around on his back. Like she's, she had to pee at some point. (laughs) Didn't she like, as somebody who you has know. trained their bladder to be able to go 10 hours without peeing, it is possible. But Yeah, but I don't think I don't it... think she's trained her bladder. Yeah. Maybe she's just really poorly hydrated. I mean, they didn't bring any snacks yeah. or anything, so yeah. yeah. I mean, Bella's the snack. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Nope, no, it, was was good. Good. <laughs> it was good. It was good. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Bella being a snack. <laughs> gross. Uh, Edward tells Bella about how she smells particularly enticing to him. I believe this is the first time he tells her this. Yeah. And he says that it's happened for Emmett twice and that Jasper doesn't know because he is not as sensitive to the nuances of human blood. Mm-hmm. But he's also the only vampire who consistently had an exclusive human blood diet for over a century. Mm-hmm. You'd think, like, wouldn't he be more attuned to the differences in human blood because he has more experience with it? Or he's just more, like, glutton on it. So, like, to him, it's not as distinguished because he's had it so much. Whereas the others, it's still, like, a treat. So they're just <laughs> super sensitive because they don't happened yeah because i guess like if you use his ice cream analogy i guess um (laughs) i or like i guess the alcohol one is um a good one right so it's like if you have subpar alcohol your whole life you never really know what's out there but then you have like that one really good one like all of a sudden i guess and it changes but wouldn't you still notice if you've only drank pbr and then someone made you like 
I don't know, a cocktail. Yeah. You'd be like, well, this is different. But if you only had the cocktails. But they haven't only had cocktails. But Jasper has. This analogy has got. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It doesn't make sense to me, but I will accept that there is some logic in it. But <laughs> they talk about how Emmett, the two times he has experienced this like very strong blood draw, he, well, they don't talk about it. They heavily imply that he ate those people. And then Carlisle made the whole family go to the funeral of the victims every time they slip up and kill somebody. Oh. And, like, am I the only person... Please, someone say no. Uh, that thought this was hilarious. <laughs> like, if they like make a mistake, it's like, oh, you got to go own up to your actions. You got to go to the funeral and give money to the family for murdering somebody they loved. It's like, what the? F- <laughs> That's your response. <laughs> it is a very Carlisle thing to do. Oh my god, just the idea that like, oh, you made a mistake, like you gotta go make sure you know what you did. It's like, your mistake was murdering somebody! <laughs> Going to the funeral doesn't like make up for the fact that you murdered them! And that that made me start thinking, because I had assumed that every time a vampire eats somebody, they just disappear them. But this is clearly stating that like, you can be eaten by a vampire and then people like find you and have a funeral for you and like your friends and family will know that you died. What state do they leave a person in like what is the cause of death well i mean that is recorded for these people they they probably still disappear them but if you disappear a person people will still have a funeral and they never show up again but i think sometimes like you can get someone legally declared dead animal attacks but do animal attacks usually lead to total exsanguination no and that's always like in a lot of vampire books like that's always the mystery if if vampires aren't like out to the general public usually how it's like played out is that it's an animal attack but they can never figure out why the victims are drained completely of blood but the only logical thing in a human's brain is like oh it has to be an animal attack so normally that's how it's played off she's just gonna gloss over that and be like yeah it's no big deal they just like find all these dead people with no blood and like bite marks in their necks like eh, i'm sure nobody has made this connection i mean do you think the average person would i feel like we would because like we're, we're scientists and we always ask all these crazy questions like we do every time we record this but like i feel like i don't know you're like average joe sheriff in a like small town would be like yeah it's just an animal attack you know but like we've established that vampire media does still exist in this world true true so like if if everything like prior to twilight still exists if like supernatural is still a show in this universe then they're like are clearly people who think about vampires and are uh weird fans of things (laughs) nobody in particular thinking about that like who why are the I just, I thought that was an absolutely bonkers detail to just kind of slide in there as if it had no ramifications and wasn't a big deal at all. I I really just think, I really just think they disappear the person. Yeah. And it's like, you go to the funeral when they're declared dead. Right? Because like That's time doesn't really... Like years later. Yeah, but like time doesn't really have meaning to them, right? I suppose so. Yeah. Plus like, I'm sure there are ways that Carlisle because they say like oh Carlisle has his ways of like doing whatever Mm. that he could just be like this person's dead (laughs) 
Bye. I've declared them dead. Oh my god. Carlisle actually works as a medical examiner everywhere just in case somebody uh, slips up and murders somebody. Yeah. And then he can <laughs> make him cook the books. <laughs> uh, oh, I like that idea a lot, actually. There you go. Perfect. Okay. I this I don't know if you noticed this chapter made me kind of mad. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I was over here being like, I kind of really liked reading these chapters. Like, I felt there was a good progression. Even Midnight Sun had some character development. Just like every page of Midnight Sun, I was like, what? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> the Twilight chapter was great. The Midnight Sun one took me three hours to get through because I kept having to stop and think about it or like go for a walk. <laughs> See, we had two very different experiences because I had to stop every five minutes to go do math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's probably better than what I did. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, yep. <laughs> yeah. Great. I mean, I didn't really have anything else to talk about other than how horny everyone was in this chapter. So horny. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. One of my favorite parts was like when... Bella was like, oh, was that very hard for you? And he's like, he's like, no, it wasn't too hard. Was it hard for you? And I'm like, are you stupid? <laughs> like, you can hear her heart racing. You can Ugh. hear her blood rushing to her cheeks or like whatever. <gasps> I don't, what? Uh, no, just the blood rushing to her yeah, cheeks. I I want to think about yep. it. We're not. Uh, yep. no. I didn't think about that until just now. So we're ending the podcast now. Um, and it's the end of it. And we're done now. And Hannah, you need to think about this chapter thing you have to read about. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't want to think about that ever. Okay. I didn't mean for we're it fine. to be like that. I literally <laughs> bent her cheeks. Because that's what it says in the book. Yeah, no, it does say that. I just didn't realize the implications. We, like, talked ourselves into talking about several things yeah. that are just very uncomfortable. Yeah, anyways, Edward's oblivious. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I don't want to think about Edward's dick venom or his <laughs> blood rushing anywhere. <laughs> We're done. Uh, no, let's okay. see Breaking Dawn. All right! Legions Should of be- teens thought about it in 2005, <laughs> I think. Anyway, this is a family-friendly show. Always. Please review no, it's us not. somewhere, right, Hannah? <laughs> Should we guess what happens next time? Oh, yeah. yeah that's what we do. We do do that. Yeah. I oh, forgot. my God. My face is so warm now. I didn't want to... <laughs> I'm so sorry. ...think about this book anymore at all. So okay, sorry. the next chapter, 18, is Mind Over Matter and Midnight Sun, and probably the same thing in Twilight. Yes, it's the same in Twilight. Mind Over okay. Matter. Mind Over Matter. Cool. I, the only thing I can like honestly possibly think of, which kind of goes with what we were just talking about, I'm sorry, but I I can't remember if it's just the movie or if it's in the book, but I'm pretty sure like he openly is in her room now. Like she knows that he's in her room. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's like a scene with them in her bedroom. And I don't know if that's like directly next, but the mind over matter thing kind of makes me think it might be that. So that's my guess. Uh, yeah. Want well. At least she knows now. I mean, yeah. I mean, consent is important. important. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how they're gonna go to the Cullen house at some point? Do you think that happens next? That's probably probably two chapters. Two chapters. Yeah. 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 Cool. 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 
chill, 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 chill. <sighs> there are so many other books I could be thinking about right now. Anyway, if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, I don't know why you would. But you should consider rating and reviewing us positively on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. You're at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And to close things out, I think Edward described just perfectly how we all feel about him. It's like he's some kind of demon summoned straight from our own personal hell to ruin us. (laughs) I think I did that to myself in this episode. (laughs) I'm faking my own death before we get to Breaking Dawn. (laughs) Uh,